Death, though we surrender, we still are taken. Lord, we are broken. Our hands are lifted, and we need blessing from you. Lord, we need a blessing from you. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh. What's going on, QR2 family? How's everyone doing? I want to wish you a happy Sunday. I hope that all is well, that you're healthy, that you're safe. I'm excited to be back here with you. My name is Pastor James Dogger Jr., and tonight I'm your QR2 Prophecy Edition host. God has been so good to us over the weekend, and I can't wait to bring my friend Pastor Damon Hendrickson in here so that we can talk about what the Lord has done. I hope that you guys are ready to worship the Lord tonight. Let me remind you, the Bible declares, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures through all generations. I'm excited to worship worship God with you tonight. But before I bring in my co-host, I want you all to make sure that you're pressing that share button so that those with whom you are in connection can know that we are here live at the QR2 Prophecy Edition and God is moving in a mighty and majestic way. Go ahead and press that share button, press that share button right now so that we can get the word out there that they, these people need to come and worship with us tonight at the QR2 Prophecy Edition. Y'all, we are at week two. And listen, I want to celebrate with you, but I can't do it alone. Where's my co-host at? I need to bring my boy, Pastor D, into the virtual <laughs> building. What's going on, Chief? What's up, man? What's up? Hey, I'm, man, excited. I'm, I'm excited. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Go ahead. Hey. No, I'm glad that you're here, man, and I can't wait to start celebrating what the Lord has done just in the last 24 hours. But before I get there, man, I got to stop and I got to celebrate you. I appreciate you for coming through and hosting us. You are now a, a seasoned QR host. You've done this thing multiple times, man. You know exactly how to do it. And last night in particular, I'm going to talk about it in a minute, how poised you were, how, how inspiring you were, how professional you were, how you finessed that thing with the Holy Ghost and God worked and moved into my, we'll talk about that in a second, but let me ask you a question. Are you excited that we are now launching into week two of our QR2 Prophecy Edition? 
Listen, I am so excited, not just about the QR2, but just the QR period. Who yeah. would have thought when this thing was birthed in your head almost, what, two months ago now, J.D.? Yeah, man. Maybe two and a half months ago. Who would have thought that two months later we'd still be going strong? And wow. as we ended sort of the first week of the QR2, we're ending on an amazing high, an amazing yeah. high. So yeah. as we go into week two of the QR2, listen, man, if God is already going here, woo! Lord you know, help us. What, what did Michael Jordan say? The ceiling is the roof. <laughs> hey, listen, we we have we have so much to be uh, excited about. We are mm -hmm. anticipating. We are in a position of expectation because God has already proven Himself to be faithful. So mm -hmm. we can't imagine, y'all, with our fallible mind, what the Lord is about to do in this second week of our QR two revival. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. Uh, I wasn't here the last couple of nights. And again, I appreciate all of those who came and led out. But I especially want to uh, say thank you to Pastor D because you held it down. As a matter of fact, look, if y'all want to celebrate Pastor D and how he has been an amazing host, maybe he should do this a lot more often. I don't know. Go ahead and throw that in the comment. Press them heart buttons if you appreciate him. If last night in particular, you really celebrate the fact that with technical difficulties and all, this man straight finessed that thing. And he was with poise and with a professional professionalism able to lead us through that that place of uncertainty and we saw God move in a mighty way so mm -hmm. again press that heart button for Pastor D press it we got to show some love we need to celebrate him because he truly is a gem he's one of God's favorite because God has poured his spirit on you man and I appreciate you I appreciate you now tell me because I was not here tell me what the Lord did yesterday so listen, y'all, listen, listen, uh, QR family, QR2 family. Um, first off, I want to say thank you. That's the same way we did at the end of last night's broadcast. I want to say thank you guys for tarrying with us. I mean, it was an amazing move of God last night because, again, like we said, had Chaplain Black started at mm -hmm. the thought of time and the appointed time, man, we would probably have 350, you know, maybe 400 people there. But because he was able to sort of tarry or yeah. be delayed, I should say, uh, more folks were able to come on in, man. And that's a word for somebody right there, come man. On. That, that the delay allowed for some people to get into the virtual service. I'm going to say that again. The delay allowed for some people to get into come on, man. The, the virtual service. I, I believe it's the same way, y'all, even with Christ, man, that we're wondering with all that's going on in the world, all the craziness that's going on in the world, all the brutality that's coming to the light. It's not really that it's changed. It's just coming to the light that's being inflicted upon black and brown people in the United States of America. Um, yeah. People are wondering, Lord, how long, how long? I want y'all to know that sometimes the delay is allowing for people to make decisions for Christ Come so on. they can get into this thing, man, so really? they can get in. I'm not downplaying all the brutality and the mm -hmm. cruelty and the aggression that black and brown people have had to endure for over 400 plus years. But what I am telling you is, is that we have this blessed hope that Jesus is coming again yeah. and the delay may be allowing for somebody else to get on there. Okay, I'm done with that part. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Preach. So, so listen, we had 700 and plus, 700, I think 16 people last yes. night at the height. That was a new QR record, like we said last night. Every yes. couple of seconds, we were setting new records. So it went from six something to seven something. Just, 
So new records last night. That was amazing. Then we made a call. We made a clarion call like we always do at the beginning for you to give to the QR2 revival. And we tell yeah. you every time that the money does not stay with Pastor JD and the team, that mm -hmm. we send it out. Now, this is what I want you all to get. This is what I want yeah. you all to get. There was a call made for a specific need. And y'all mm -hmm. were so faithful. You all were so amazingly faithful that, man, by the time Pastor Black was done speaking, mm -hmm. $700 had been given. 700. 700. Come on. We celebrate y'all. Come so on. So we celebrate y'all. We yeah. celebrate you. That's $700. Yes. That $700, man, was, was earmarked to go help this person in need. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you all, we Come came on. back on this line and we said, man, that there, we've got a goal that we'd like to reach. Mm -hmm. And we're almost there. We can see the light. And so we made another call. And we believed by faith that there were people out there who had some very deep pockets and some very generous hearts. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you all what happened. Let me tell you all what happened. <laughs> 700 in the matter of minutes, y'all. Mm -hmm. 700 went to 1,100. 1,100 went to 1,500. Come 1,500 on. went to 2,000. 2,000 went to 2,500. Come on. And by the end of the night, the last <laughs> count that I heard was $3,400 had been Woo! collected last night as hey. a result of y'all's faithfulness, man. So can you just press the heart button? Yes. Can you put the emojis up in the comment section? Yes. Just praising God for y'all's faithfulness, man. At the end of the night, we were able to get above and beyond yes. what we needed for the need. But here's what's, ah, oh, man, here's what's amazing. Come, on, come on, come Can on. I keep on going? Here's what's amazing. Yes. In the, in the QR1, whenever mm -hmm. we made a call for money or for, for monies for people, we would make the call and the money we had, that's what we would get and we give it away. Right. And so the next night we make a call, whatever we get, we give it away. We are now in a position to be a blessing to people Come before on. the need even arises. Come on, he'll do it. Won't he do it? Won't he do we it? are in a position right now to be a blessing to people even before the need arises. In other words, y'all, you gave so faithfully on mm -hmm. last night that mm -hmm. now we are in a position to be a blessing. Remember, remember what Pastor Boston said? Yeah. Remember what Pastor Boston said? We can see a miracle. We were able to be a part of a miracle. And now we were able to be a miracle as well. Last night, you put us, the QR2 team, in a position to be a miracle for some family in the future. Come on yes. and say amen. Won't amen. he do it, y'all? Hey, hey. he do it. Yes, he will. He will. He's a faithful God. And listen, not only did you all go above and beyond in the realm of giving to where we didn't just give this young lady, this single mother who was homeless, what she needed to get a place so she can stay. But we also were able to go above and beyond that to help bless her so that she can have other needs as well beyond just a place to lay her head. We wanted her to be able to get some food, get some uh, gas for her car. So you all went above and beyond. And I want to tell you that you have been a blessing to this lady. She was talking about how amazing um, God is and how you have blessed her. And as a vessel of honor. I want to just say thank you for doing what you did last night to be a blessing to this family. Now, let me tell you this as well, because I was tuning in. I wasn't hosting, but I was watching. And I did notice that when those technical difficulties presented themselves, right, this delay that was not anticipated, we, we did not expect this delay to happen, but the delay took place. Dr. Barry Black could not us, we couldn't hear him. He was speaking, but we couldn't hear him. So while we're trying to get all of that together, I noticed something. Pastor D, you and Pastor Boston started to pray. 
Now, this is this is this is what got me because you all got to the place where you you were so full of faith. You were just so full of that Holy Ghost boldness, that confidence, that tenacity. And you you literally in the prayer said, Lord, by the time we are done praying, we believe that Chaplain Barry Black is going to be on the screen and we're going to hear him and he's going to deliver this word and we believe in your timing and and look it's funny because i talked to dr black last night after the experience and he said listen i don't i don't know what type of faith they had but i'll sit there and i wasn't (laughs) sure why they were throwing themselves out there like that he said but god showed up and god showed out because once you all said amen all i know is i saw chaplain barry black's face and then i could hear chaplain barry black's voice and God came, it was just a night of miracles, yes, a sir. night where we can look back upon and we can say, thank you, God, for reminding us that yeah. you're a prayer answering God, that you want to use us to be a blessing to other people and that you're never early. You're never late. You are always, always right on time. On yeah. time. Yes, sir. Last night was amazing, man. And I got to celebrate you guys again for your leadership and how and a, such an amazing job you guys did. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And all of you who are tuning in, thank you so very much for your faithfulness and mm-hmm. your sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you guys um, if you heard, because this is now a somber moment where we're going to we're gonna do some praying here. Yeah. Um, I want to actually bring in our moderator for this moment right here, Dr. Doggett. Let me see if our sensei is in the building. Sensei, are you in the building? There he I is. He's, he's here. <laughs> the sensei is here. Well, listen, sensei, before we go into any uh, theological talk and before we dive into extricating the word and trying to understand prophecy and all of that, um, I did hear that we lost a soldier, um, a soldier who has been fighting on the battlefield, doing amazing work for the Lord. Um, He was the uh, spokesperson, the director of Breath of Life Ministries. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to inform those of you who might not have uh, heard the news that we have lost Pastor Pearson Um, And again, we just want to take this moment um, to celebrate his legacy. We dare not move forward in this uh, worship experience without saying to God, thank you for providing us the opportunity to hear his word through this vessel, through this mighty man of faith. And I wanted to just offer you two as pastors just an opportunity to maybe even just in honoring this man's legacy, uh, to just say whatever's on your heart uh, to the people in response to this tragic loss that the body of, of Christ is now suffering with. Yeah, we celebrate the life and legacy of Walter Pearson. He was yeah. one of a kind, extremely gifted, deeply spiritual, one of the greatest communicators this world has seen. Yeah. It's interesting to me that even many ministers who are not a part of the Seventh-day Adventist denomination listen to him regularly. Yeah. The Lord allowed me to baptize a first-day minister in California some years ago, and his first exposure to our message was listening to Walter Pearson preaching on Breath of Life, and he always considered Walter Pearson to be a celebrity of sorts. I can remember my first experience listening to him preach at Oakwood some years ago. Yeah. I was a student, and he was one of those preachers that you sat on the front row to listen to. Yeah. What a vocabulary, what an ability to tell stories, to make the Bible live. I, I remember he preached a series about how great it would be to see Jesus. And he mm. talked each night about different things that he had learned and people that he saw, celebrities and whatnot. And he went so deep and he was so thorough when he talked about the heart, 
Uh, he talked about how he went to uh, find out exactly what an oil well, how much oil an oil well could pump. Yeah. He always found that illustrative material to dip, to lift up our God. I can't tell you what yeah. a loss this is. Yeah. But God's timing, as you said, is always perfect. Yeah. And he did his job. Yes, Thousands did. have come into the faith because of his ministry. And we're thankful for the life and legacy of Walter Pearson. Never forgotten. His tapes will be playing until the Lord returns. His videos yeah. will be viewed yeah. until the Lord returns. Yeah. And he's an example of somebody gifted enough to be huge in the world. Yeah. But he would rather be small in the world and huge in the kingdom. And yeah. I respect that greatly. I also want to say that we are lifting up prayers for, for Dr. Russell C., Dr. Mm -hmm. Russell C. is fighting the fight of his life yeah. against uh, that foe called cancer. Yeah. And right now, the family is very concerned uh, about his longevity. And I want to say that he, too, has been a valiant soldier on the battlefield. And we're going to be praying him and his family through this season, as well as the Pearson family. So God bless those soldiers who have mm -hmm. been faithful. And I want to say my mind is blown with the faith that was exhibited on last night. Yeah. Our people have faith. The, the quarantine revival family has faith. And yeah. Dr. D, you, you, Dr. D, I'm calling mm -hmm. you doctor because you're the doctor of faith. Yeah. And John Boston, you yes. guys demonstrated a kind of faith that buoyed me up and strengthened my faith. You all were specific in your prayer to God. You Come said on. that when this prayer is over, Yes. I heard John Boston say it, and I heard you <laughs> pray it. I didn't see any sweat coming down your forehead. I believe that with the eye of faith, you saw what not even Barry Black could see. Yeah, and People need to know that that was no game play last night. It did not look good. Right. In fact, I was taking out my Bible, and I was looking for a sermon to deliver a word. And yeah. then when all of a sudden the prayer ended and Black was on the screen, man, I just sat back. I, I didn't even <laughs> log back on. I just sat back with a blown mind watching yeah. it. And then the money that was delivered to somebody who was in genuine need, Yes, a little more was needed and surplus came in so that surplus. when the next need arises, going to be prepared to handle it. I thank the family of the QR revival and I thank yeah. those who have been on the screen. And, and Pastor J.D., it's good to see you again too. Always good to see you in the house. The one who God blessed and trusted with this vision it's always good to see you sitting in your seat. And to look up on my screen right now and see Dr. D, yeah. Dr. Faith, right next to Pastor JD. I am excited about what's going to happen tonight. But Absolutely. again, we do celebrate the life and legacy of Walter Pearson, and we pray fervently mm -hmm. for the life of Dr. Russell C. And I think it would be appropriate if we said a word of prayer. Can we pray? That'll be perfect. Let's do some praying right now. And we're going to invite all of you who are viewing in. If you could just unite your faith with ours, we're going to go to God right now in prayer, not just for the Pearson family and those of us who are, are suffering with this tragic loss, but we're also going to pray that God would undergird, that he would give strength to and prop up on every leaning side, uh, the, the, the family um, of Russell C who right now is fighting for his life. We know God can hear and God won't just hear. God's going to answer our prayer tonight. Um, let me ask you, if you don't mind, uh, Dr. Doggett, can you pray a prayer for the family of uh, Pastor Walter Pearson and then Pastor D, 
if you don't mind, can you please pray a prayer of comfort for Dr. Russell C. Um, as he is in this season uh, fighting for his life, that God will give him strength. Father, we do thank you so much for the example of a faithful servant in the life of Walter Pearson. We thank you, Lord, that he gave all of his talents, skills, and abilities to you in service. We are grateful that you took his talent, skills, and ability, and you multiplied it so that with the electricity of the Holy Ghost, he preached messages that changed people's lives. We ask now that you would mark the spot where he will be buried. And when you return again, please call him forth from the dust. Wake him up, Lord, and allow him to continue to shine in eternity. Bless now his family, we do pray. Give to them a faith that will not waver. May they experience the comfort of the Holy Ghost and the solace of your spirit. And may they experience the love and support of family and friends right now so that they will be carried through this season of grief. And when all is said and done and you break through the clouds to take your children home, may we rejoice with Dr. Pearson and meet with him over on the sea of glass, along with many he's had the opportunity to preach to and witness to. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father God, we want to ask that you will be with Dr. C's family. Lord, he has also been a faithful soldier for you, one who has taught, who has preached, and who has mentored many in faith. Lord, as he has been fighting for a while against uh, this ailment, an ailment that many of us are familiar with, many of us have family who have suffered and who have even gone on and who now rest in Jesus, I pray that you will bless his family, that you will comfort them. And as they go through this dark and dismal season, may they know that there is a God in heaven who is acquainted with grief and the sorrows of this earth. And may you wrap them in your bosom of love as they struggle now through this season. And Lord, we look forward to a better day where the word of God tells us that there'll be no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more suffering, but most importantly, no more death. And the former things will be passed away and behold, all things will be made new, Lord. We hold on to this blessed hope and this promise. And so God, I pray that you will give their family what they need right now in this season. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Again, thank you, Dr. Doggett, and thank you, Pastor D, for leading us in prayer. We do, again, honor the legacy of Pastor Walter Pearson. I actually heard his name being mentioned last night uh, during the, the experience, and we, we definitely yeah. want to take this moment right now to just say thank you to God for using his manservant in such a powerful way for years as an inspiration for the masses. Um, I want to also encourage you, um, if any of you have family members who are struggling, um, as the C family is right now, with uh, someone who is, is fighting for their life in the place where cancer or any other ailment is coming against them, um, I want to encourage you. The Bible declares, this is the Old Testament here, uh, where God says he can send healing with a word. Um, and I want you to hold on to your faith, continue to assault the heavens on behalf of that loved one. And I think God, the God we serve is a miracle worker. Um, and we're going to join our faith with yours in praying for those of us who are struggling with illness during this season. Now, listen, um, we're going to have a good time tonight as we hear a word from the Lord as presented through his manservant, Dr. Kenneth Manders. Now, y'all, I came tonight in my 
my my pink shirt trying to celebrate um and stand in solidarity with Bermuda. Look, I I, Burby, I can be Burby. Yay, Bermuda. And y'all are always in the comments wreaking havoc. Bermuda's always <laughs> showing up. Bermuda's always representing well. And tonight we're excited to have your president. Yes. President. Dr. Kenneth Manders, who's going to come and deliver the word. But before he does that, we got a couple of more things that we're going to do. Um, we're going to provide an opportunity for you all to give. We're going to hear some good music and then we're going to hear the word. But we always want to make sure that we provide opportunity for Dr. Doggett, our sensei, our moderator during our QR2 Prophecy Edition, a chance to share with us what's on his heart. We want to go deeper, y'all, during this season of prophecy. And as we unlock God's word, we want to make sure that your questions are answered, that anything that Dr. Doggett can say that will give us clarity in our journey, we provide that opportunity to him. So, Dr. Doggett, this now is your time. Please share with us what is on your heart. Well, I'll just share a little bit. I, I've been noticing that there's still strong uh, protests going on. In fact, I believe, I believe, Pastor D, weren't you today at a protest at a march or something in Bermuda? Yeah, yeah across we the globe, people are are protesting, and I just want us to make sure that we're able to walk and chew gum at the same time. And what do I mean by that, Christians? It's time for us to be getting deep, and we can't even let an important cause like what we're working with right now, fighting for justice and equality, we can't let that divert us from the task of feeding on God's word, getting deep in the things of God. There is a lady who is my favorite writer. Of a prophetess, uh, the writer from the 19th century who said that only those who fortify themselves with the truths of the Bible are going to be able to stand at the end of time and in the last days. That is true. So make sure that you're spending time in his word. Prophecy is important. I think that you've learned this past week that indeed prophecy can preach. There's much of prophecy that needs to simply be taught. I get that, but it's still can preach. Prophecy is a word from the Lord given for our benefit. Several preachers have talked about how it is the cheat sheet. We get the opportunity to know the questions before they come and the answers before they're even asked. I would suggest to you again that 2 Peter 1, 19 ought to be our mantra during this period of the quarantine revival prophecy edition. And we know that God has given to us a more sure word of prophecy. And we would do well to pay attention to it, to listen to it, to follow it as though it's a light that's shining in darkness until the day dawns and we can see clearly and the day star rises in our hearts. It brings us closer to God. I could rehearse all of the sermons of this past week, but you heard them and you heard the voice of God in them. And it's my prayer that you won't just listen every night at seven o'clock but that you'll take time during the course of the day to pull out the word of God, to look at what's going on in our world. I think what it will do is it will remind you that the end is near. And when he stands up to judge this world, he's standing up to deliver his people. You can hang in there a bit longer. If you can get deeper in the word of God, if you can display some godly patience, I promise you that you're going to be glad. Imagine if the Lord were to return. And you said, oh, man, I didn't pay attention and I didn't make my calling and election sure. Grace is found in the eyes of God. Just look in his face tonight 
And you're going to see that grace that will save you and carry you through. Tonight is a preacher who has known what the world is like, but now knows what it's like to be in the kingdom. And he would choose the kingdom every time. My prayer is that you will choose the kingdom and that while you're protesting the ills of this world, you'll also set your soul for salvation when the Lord returns. Get deep in the soil of his word. Learn. And what you learn will help to buoy you up. The Bible says that we should hide his word in our hearts so that we might not sin against God. There's strength in feeding on the word. That's my word for tonight. I just want to remind everybody, make sure while you are walking, you're you're still learning how to chew. Chew and walk at the same time. It's not one or the other. It's both a walk and chew gum. That's good word. That's good word. That's good word. Uh, Pastor D, uh, do you appreciate how Dr. Doggett always brings it, man, uh, each night? Yeah, very, very crisp, very clear. And we again, thank you for that. Appreciate this moderation moment, Dr. Doggett. Um, now, listen, we do have an opportunity to give. You all went above and beyond last night. I can't say thank you enough for being so sacrificial in your giving. But I think that we can continue to position ourselves to be a blessing to other people. So why don't we go ahead and provide for you the opportunity to continue to pour in and to give and sow your seed. So I want to go ahead and let you know that you can, if you desire, go to our website, www.thequerevival.com, and you can sow your seed there. If you need special prayer, then you can also go there and submit your prayer request. If you need a special um, blessing in the realm of financial uh, blessing, we want you to go and let us know right there at our website and indicate that we can that how we can be a blessing. And we promise that we'll respond. So www.thequerevival.com. And then Pastor D, Pastor D, um, where can they give with Cash App? They can give to the Cash App. That's the money sign, the Q Revival. You can do that. And again, we just appreciate y'all, man. Y'all have been so faithful throughout. And last night you were just so mind-blowingly generous in your giving. And as uh, Pastor J.D. has said, it has put us in a position to be a blessing. Before the need comes, we can be proactive instead of just being reactive. And then you can go to PayPal. Again, the Q Revival right there in PayPal. So there are three ways that you can give. You can go to the website, you can go to PayPal, or you can do Cash App, Money Sign, the Q Revival, man. And I'm looking forward to your continued faithfulness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, we say thank you to all of you for sowing your seeds in this fertile ground. 100% of what you give goes toward those families who are struggling in financial crisis. And we again encourage you and say thank you for giving this evening. Now, listen, do we have a preacher in the house, uh, Pastor D? I'm curious to know, is there a preacher in the house, in the virtual building? Oh, there is a preacher in the virtual building. There is a preacher in the virtual building. Uh, uh-huh. he, he is a, a man that you can tell he was born to preach. And that's amazing because his testimony is, as uh, as Dr. Doggett said on last night, his testimony is he went from Rasta to pasta. Come and on. while he may have thought that he would, at some point in his life, was born to be a Rasta, um, mm-hmm. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, having spent the last 15 years of ministry in Bermuda Conference and some of it under his tutelage, that he was born to be a pastor, that he was born to preach the word of God and to handle the word of God and not just to handle the word of God, man, but he is a soul winner. He is what we would call a fisher of men. And that's what we have for us tonight. 
Dr. Kenneth Manders is a fisher of men and women. He is known world. He is known around the world, but specifically here in Bermuda, he is known as being a friend of the people and one who will seek out the lost and call on the name of Jesus. I am so glad that I have had the privilege of learning under him, of watching him. He has pastored many places in Bermuda, but currently he serves as a conference president of the Bermuda Conference, while at the same time pastoring one of our churches, the Somerset Seventh-day Adventist Church, on an interim basis. And even while he is an interim pastor at the Somerset Seventh-day Adventist Church, Dr. Mandis is still at the fore and to the top of the list when it concerns winning souls in the Bermuda Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. He is passionate about people. He is passionate about, about spreading the gospel. And most importantly, he is passionate about seeing men and women make decisions for Jesus Christ. He is a handler of our eschatological message. He is a dean in Revelation and Daniel. And so I am looking forward to what God will lay on his heart as he speaks to us tonight. Y'all are in for a treat in that in the form of Dr. Kenneth Manders, my president of the Bermuda Conference of Seven Day Events. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am My favorite part, it just says, I'll be exalted among the nations. says, and know that I am God. Know that I am, know that I am God. It says, I am God. He's bigger than your circumstance. He's bigger than your situation. It just says, no, I am God. you're going through. He just came to remind you that he is God. Come on, let's take it up. I am God. 
bigger than coronavirus, bigger than your situation. Dr. Manders, we appreciate you for being here with us this evening after your son, Stephen and Decree, just set the stage for you by singing that song and giving us that message in the music. We're excited now to open up our hearts and our minds to receive what the Lord has given you. Thank you for coming. Now preach. We're here and ready to hear. And I, let me say, uh, welcome back. <laughs> uh, we missed your face in the place last night and good evening, everyone. And um, we thank God for uh, Pastor Hendrickson, and, uh, who did a wonderful job. Pastor D, um, you reminded me of the studio days when we were at Hamilton Church together, um, there up at the studio, uh, you know, doing our thing. And uh, I want to say I, I, helped, I helped you a little bit on that one. <laughs> but no, what a fantastic job you guys did last night, man, it was, it was a blessing. And um, I'm thankful to be in the studio tonight. It was nice being on the other side, but now tonight I have an assignment. So I'm just so glad to be in the house tonight. I want to thank my son, uh, Stephen, and Decree for that special music. That boy needs some sun. He needs to come back home to Bermuda and get a little sunshine. But I want to thank God for your father also, JD. Um, Dr. Duggett, I want to send say that you've called him. I want to thank God for <laughs> Dr. Duggett, senior, <laughs> my good friend, I want to thank God for you and your ministry and all that you are to us. And I, I do, too, want to um, say what a loss we have in uh, Pastor Pearson, Walter Pearson, someone that we have loved over the years who articulated God's word with clarity and made it plain and just um, set the stage and helped us to see Jesus. What a man who can paint the picture for the Lord. Amen. Amen. So quarantine family, I want to ask and invite you to pray along with me as we get into the word of God tonight. And I'm going to a text of scripture found in the book of Luke. It's Luke chapter two. I'm going to read in your hearing verses 25 through 30. Luke chapter two, verses 25 through 30. And the Bible says, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Bible lets us know the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him 
up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. I want to go back to verse 25 and hang out there for a minute. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, waiting for the consolation of Israel. I've tagged this text tonight. Wait on it. Wait on it. Let's pray. Father, take now lips of clay. Speak a word to your people, I pray. In Jesus' name, let God's people say, amen and amen. Wait on it. When one considers the cast of characters surrounding the Savior's first advent, we see several faces. Try some of the images until the picture is clear. We see wise men coming from the East, and even though they are born outside of covenant promises, yet through Bible prophecy, they find their way to Christ. And that's because prophecy is a light that shines in a dark place and makes the path of the just man shine brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. That's why when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. And while we do his goodwill, he abides with us still and with all who trust and obey. We see Herod in the picture, that cruel, paranoid Roman ruler. See him over there in Revelation chapter 12, verse 4. John paints him there as the dragon standing before the woman, ready to cut her baby down as soon as he's born. In chapter 2 of the book of Matthew, Herod tells the wise man, when you find him who is to be born king on my turf, send me a text message. Email me on WhatsApp or something so that I too can go and worship him. But God is so good, he gave those guys a prophetic dream that warned them that Herod, that fox, is not a true worshiper. In fact, in the dream, God showed them Herod separating children from their parents and his hands dripping with the blood of innocent, unarmed males killed in the streets. But then we also see the cynical Caesar with his piece of legislation. Uh, he, 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 he led his taxes on the planet to finance his crimes against humanity. He thinks that he holds the destiny of multitudes in the compass of his filthy hands. But little does he know that what he does for evil, God will use for his glory. You see, his selfish scheme will get Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem to pay their taxes. But the bigger picture is that they will get there because prophecy predicted that Christ would be born in Bethlehem. Because Bethlehem is the house of bread and Jesus is the bread of life. What am I saying? We serve a God who will allow people to do wickedness, but that same God will use what they do against you and make it work for you. We see also in this picture, the superficial scribes, they are there. 
they can tell the wise man where the baby is born because they know the prophetic scriptures. The problem is the unconverted don't worship Jesus. They have information on him, but no inspiration from him to worship him. And that signals a warning, brothers and sisters, because it's not enough to understand Bible prophecy. You've got to have a relation, relationship with God for yourself. We see the priests in the temple. They routinely go through the motions doing church, but they don't discern that the baby they dedicate in their arms is the one who holds the world in his hands. You know, it's a terrible thing that you can be in the service of God and in the very presence of God and be oblivious to him because you haven't given your heart to him. But then we see Simeon in the text. He's not popular, but there's something to be said about his presence. He's not as well known as the shepherds or wise men. Luke only dedicates 10 verses to his script. He comes on the scene and leaves so soon that you may be tempted to overlook him as a minor character, but you would be making a major mistake. For Simeon, like no other, is relevant for those of us who are waiting on the promise and prophecy of the second advent. We meet him some 40 days after the birth of Jesus Christ. Because when a woman gave birth, she was given shelter in place. She was quarantined. But on the 41st day, she was allowed back into society. And because she had a son, she had to dedicate that boy. And so we see Mary and Joe in the temple some 40 days after his birth at the baby dedication. Now we need to pause here because this was no ordinary baby and this was no ordinary birth. We're talking about divinity assuming our humanity. We're talking about God descending in a diaper. We're talking about Jesus born, yet he's older than his own mama. Born with wisdom superior than his earthly father. I mean, he who made man was willing to become a man. He who made angels was willing to drop a little lower than the angels. The great I am who was before Abraham chose to be born 2,000 years after Abraham. Christ, David's Lord, became the son of, the son of David. Christ, who carried a nation uh, out of Egypt, was carried as a babe himself into Egypt. Christ, who came from the heights of deity, dropped down to the depths of our humanity. From heaven's honor to earth's humiliations. From heaven's coronation to earth's curses. From heaven's delights to earth's dysfunctions. And he did it for you and me. Somebody ought to praise God for him right now. Now the Bible says that while Joe and Mary are in the temple, they run up on a brother named Simeon. Now there are only a few things on his resume. The Bible says he's just. He's devout, and the Holy Ghost is on him. We don't know if he holds a JD, an MD, a PhD, or if he ever got his GED. All we know is that he's just, devout, and spirit-led. Brothers and sisters, I want to posit to you 
If all you have on your Vita is that you are just, devout, and spirit-filled, if that's all people can say about you, if these traits adorn your character, if heaven sees these attributes in your life, if angels record these attitudes beside your name, you are not just waiting on the promise, but you are ready for it. See, the word on Simeon is that he's just, which means he's honest in his dealings with people. He knows how to treat people right. But that's not all. He's devout. He's not just nice, but he's spiritual, upright, and faithful. And that's a word right there because Simeon is in tune with God and has rapport with people. That's a good word for some of us as Adventists because some of us are not known to be nice. Some of us have a religion that's shaped more like a pole. It reaches up to God without reaching out to anybody. But good religion is more shaped like a cross. With the vertical beam, it reaches up to God for power. But with the horizontal beam, it reaches out to the poor and the downtrodden. It fights for the oppressed. It helps the hopeless. It fights for justice. It makes a difference in its community. My question is, is you got good religion? Simeon is just, devout, but watch this, he's spirit-filled. And the spirit, the Bible says, has revealed to him that he will not die until he sees the coming Christ. So from the time he receives the, that revelation until his encounter with Mary and Joe in the temple, the Bible says he's waiting on the promise and prophecy of the advent. Now, brothers and sisters, what makes Simeon so, so real and relevant and so worthy of our consideration is that every one of us who claim to walk with God need to know how to wait on God. Now, that may not seem like much. But all just devout people who are spirit-filled can tell you that God does not always do things for you in the immediate, but he knows how to come through for you in the ultimate. The born again must understand that in his divine sovereign omnipotence, we serve a God who oftentimes causes a divine delay between what he has promised and what he performs. God reserves the right to press pause between speaking and showing up. Let me put it to you like this. God oftentimes plans an intermission between what God declares and what God does. See, waiting on God is a lifestyle of faith that says, I trust God to be God and do what God said God would do. As Christians, we live by faith waiting on the Lord. We wait on God to turn things around. We wait on God to answer our prayers. We wait on God to do something at the polls in November. We wait on God to bring wayward children back home. We wait on God to open doors and make a, a way out of no way. We wait on God because we've learned to trust him when we can't trace him and experience him when we can't explain him. And there's nothing like watching God work when you've waited for him to come through for you. Now, before you get it twisted, 
I need to say that I'm not talking about sitting down in silence doing nothing, talking about you're waiting on the Lord because he may be waiting on you. You see, uh, God's work does not displace our work, but enables us to work. So while you wait, show up at the polls and vote in November. I can't hear anybody out there. Don't be so heavenly minded that you're off no earthly good. While you wait, go to Oakwood, get an education, put your resume together, knock on some doors, and then watch God work. While you wait, work in your community and make a difference for humanity. Now, let me say this. Waiting can make faith, the faith of some, frustrating. For waiting demands that we take our hands off and let go and let God. In fact, Jesus told us that things are going to get so bad down here that he asked this crucial question. When the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith in the earth? See, we don't like waiting because we equate waiting with wasting. And when we wait, we worry and wonder and have a tendency of taking matters into our own hands. And that's why Simeon is so relevant because he speaks to our need to learn how to wait on God. Now, knowing I would have to speak to you tonight, I've asked Simeon, why are you waiting? And here it is. Simeon is waiting because the spirit revealed to him that he will not die until he sees Christ come. He waits to see fulfilled that which the Holy Ghost has revealed. He's waiting because he believes that God will do what God said God would do. He waits because he has a more sure word of prophecy that if God declared it, God will do it, that what God promised, he will perform. See, waiting is an expression of your faith in the God you say you serve. And that's one of the reasons why some of us became Seventh-day Adventist Christians. We joined this church because we joined the church that God called into being by the clock of prophecy. We joined this church because it is a movement of destiny. It has a prophetic word. God's church knows what time it is. We join the church that knows that we have not followed cunningly devised fables, but we have a sure word of prophecy. Can I push it? It was Bible prophecy that caused, since Damon brought it up, the Rasta to become a pastor. I mean, when I saw Daniel 2, that first the Babylonian kingdom ruled the world. Then media Persia's banners were unfurled. Next, Greece held universal sway. Rome seized the scepter, where are we today? Down in the feet of iron and of clay, weak and divided, soon to pass away. What shall the next great glorious drama be? Christ, his coming and eternity. Can I push it? When I saw Daniel 7, 25, that a power would arise to speak great words against the Most High. In other words, claim to have the power and prerogatives of sin, of, of, of God to forgive sin when no man but God can forgive sin. When I saw that he, they would wear out the saints of the Most High and then confess to killing over 40 million Christians because they held on to their Bibles. When I saw that they would think to change times and laws, huh, and had the audacity to put it in writing, 
and tell the world, yeah, we change your day of worship because our church is above your Bible. When I saw that, in fact, here it is. Perhaps the boldest thing, the most revolutionary change the church did happened in the first century. The Catholic church transferred the solemnity of Saturday to Sunday. Watch this. Not from any directions noted from the scriptures, but from the church's sense of its own power. And then they say, here it is. People who think that the Bible should be the sole authority should logically become Seventh-day Adventists and keep Saturday holy. That's why I joined this church. And when I did join, you all used to sing a song that's not in your present hymnal, but it went something like this. Holy day, Jehovah's rest, of creations, week the best, last of all the chosen seven, Blessed of God to man's was given. First his six days work was done. Then the Sabbath was begun. Thus he blessed the Sabbath day. Thus in resting we obey. Second stanza. Thousands have his plan reversed. Resting now upon the first. Search the book and you shall know. There's no scripture tells them so. Here we go. All who speak the truth must say. It was a man who changed the day. In God's word, no change appears through the whole 6,000 years. Thus I searched, and when I saw only one great Sabbath law, then I hastened to obey, because plain it was the only way. You ought to do yourself a favor and read a book called The Great Controversy. It tells us that when... Rome, while Rome was trampling on the Sabbath, watch this, the Christians of Africa enjoyed their freedom to exercise their faith. But at last, Rome learned of their existence, made an edict forbidding the observance of Sabbath under the severe penalty. And watch this, the papal Roman yoke became so galling that the Abyssinians of Africa were determined to break it from their necks. What they were saying is, get your knee off our necks. What they were saying was, I can't breathe. Every foul spirit and hateful and unclean bird over there in Revelation. And the, the struggle was so terrible the churches of Africa broke free and they got freedom from Rome, but Rome came back and they were forced to set aside the true Sabbath and exalt the false one. But no sooner they got their independence, they returned to the obedience of the fourth commandment. I joined this church because I am Protestant. I'm a Protestant. I'm pro-Testament. And every Sabbath, I go to, I march to Zion and I cry out, God's day matters. God's day matters. God's day matters. I'm Protestant and I'm protesting because I'm pro-Bible. I just want to say that you and I joined the church that says I can't breathe that other stuff. But every Sabbath day, 
I wish I had a witness in this place. I said, every Sabbath, we, we go into his, his house on the Sabbath day. Uh, and, and, and we stand up for to read on the Sabbath day. And we say, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Can I get a witness out there? Uh, that's why we, we preach Revelation 14. It says, don't, it says, fear God. Don't fear Revelation 13. Fear God. Give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come. And here it goes. Worship him that made heaven and earth, the sea and the fountains of waters. That text in Revelation is a call back to true Sabbath keeping, a call back to true worship. You and I have joined the prophetic movement. And as Seventh-day Adventist Christians, we wait on God because all just, devout, and Holy Ghost-filled people need to stand on the promises and prophecies of God's word. Now, I find it interesting that everyone who learned about the first advent of Simeon, in Simeon's day found out because of angelic declaration or external confirmation. Follow me. It was an angel that came to Zacharias and told him Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. It was an angel that came to Mary to tell her that she will give birth to the Christ child born of the Holy Ghost. It's an angel that comes to Joseph in a dream to tell him, believe Mary is about to conceive. God's about to do something that only he can achieve. It was an angel that speaks to the shepherds and directs them to a barn in Bethlehem to praise God for the son of God. It's an angel that tells Joseph to take the baby boy to Africa and hide him. Take baby Jesus and hide him in Africa. Help him to blend in. I don't know if you caught that. Be because he is not safe on Herod's streets. <laughs> it, it was a band of angels like shining stars that led wise men to Jerusalem. And it was John the Baptist leaping in the belly of Elizabeth that confirmed Mary that her child was special. Everybody who finds out about the birth of Christ finds out through some external confirmation or some angelic declaration, everyone except Simeon. The Bible says he found out because the Holy Ghost revealed it. Simeon didn't get his information from angelic declaration or from external confirmation. He got his inspiration from prophetic revelation. He had the gift of prophecy. And watch this, because his life corresponded with the light he was given, because his life corresponded with the light he was given, it positioned him for the gift that God had for him. Now remember, he's just, devout, and spirit-led. So watch this, while he's waiting, he's walking with God in the word. And one day he feels a strong impression to go to church. So while he's waiting, walking in the word, he's found worshiping in the temple. And on that day, he finds himself working with the priests with the baby dedication service. So while he's waiting, walking with the word, worshiping the Lord, he's working for the Lord. But then he's also watching for God's divine providence. And he sees these poor parents who come to dedicate their baby on that day. 
Zavidus tells us that he was moved to take the baby in his arms. And watch this. He feels a joy that the other priests did not feel. A joy that he has never felt before. I wish I had some church in here. He, Jesus takes, uh, he takes Jesus in his arms and he feels a joy that the world didn't give him and the world can't take it away. Because while Simeon is waiting, walking in the word, worshiping in the temple, working with the elders, watching for God's promise and prophecy, his soul becomes a witness that while he's waiting, here it is, God is working. Don't miss that. I'm coming back to that. I'll do it again. I'll do it right now. I said while he's waiting, walking in the word, worshiping in the temple, working with the elders, watching for God's divine promise and prophecy, his soul becomes a witness that while he's waiting, God is working. Don't miss this. You see, Simeon knew the voice of God to his soul. In fact, his name means one who hears and obeys. And could it be that's why Simeon is so crucial, and that's why the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is on him because the Spirit is given to those that obey him. You see, it was revealed to him through the Spirit that he would not see death until he saw Christ. And he believed it, waited on it, lived by it, walked in it, worshipped with it, worked at it, became a witness to the power of it, and reaped joy from it. And here it is. The purity of his life corresponded with the light that he received, and it prepared him for what God had for him. Family, as God's people, we have the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. Because God has called us by his word to live by it, and to wait on it. The evidence is there that we are his children and we are to take God at his word. And that's why I must ask you, are you living by his word or are you looking for several confirmations before you take him at his word? I want to ask you this question. How many confirmations does God have to give you before you take him at his word? How many miracles does he have to perform before you let him manage your life? How many prayers does he have to answer before you make a full surrender? How many bills does he have to pay before you trust and obey and return a faithful tithe and offering? How much does God have to do to demonstrate that he's there for you? You see, in every church, there are two categories of people. There are those who need God to do something for them before they believe, and then there are those who have a simian spirit. People who say, if God does nothing, I'll still wait on him. If he delays his promise, I'll still serve him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. See, God is looking for some Simeons who say that I don't need God to work another miracle. I don't need him to answer every prayer because I have enough faith to take him at his word, live by it, and wait on it. But then I have to ask Simeon, when did you receive this revelation? And how long have you been waiting? You see, because some of us can faithfully wait for a little while, and some of us can wait for a season.
But how many of us can wait for an indefinite period of time? Scholars tell us that they believe he's an old man, which implies that he received this revelation a long time ago. He's been waiting for the promise a lifetime. And for some of us, that's a challenge because if we have to wait too long, doubt creeps in and if shows up and tempts us to take matters into our own hands. But I want to say to you, that's dangerous. It's dangerous because you just asked Saul, who didn't wait on Samuel, but slew the sacrifice. He lost God's favor and his kingdom. Just ask Abraham. He was waiting on God's promise for a son, but he got impatient, took sister Hagar, and that story didn't go down too well. And that's a real word for someone who has to face these end times, who may be tempted to compromise in these last days because you can't wait on God. Saints, the time is coming and now is that we will need an experience that many of us do not have and a faith that some of us are too indolent to work on. So let me ask you, how long does God get before you fire him? How much time before you blow the whistle and call it a delayed play? How much time does God get before you terminate him? How long do you give God before you walk away from him and his church? Let me help you. Because you see, while Simeon is waiting, God is working. So what, how is God working in his situation? God started working six and a half months in Elizabeth's life and allows her to get pregnant because God knows that when she speaks to Mary, Mary will have difficulty believing that God is in control. So he does something in Elizabeth to encourage Mary. Then God's got to help Joseph because Joe will have an issue believing that the child is of the Holy Spirit. Then God sees Joe and Mary are in Nazareth and the baby has to be born in Bethlehem. So God has to take a trip down to Rome, move on the heart of Caesar Augustus to issue taxation that causes Mary and Joe to go to Bethlehem. But then he's got to cause some delay for Mary and Joseph to get to Bethlehem to allow the hotel rooms to be taken because prophecy has it that the child will be born not in a hotel, but in a barn. And then he's got to find some shepherds who go to declare the glory of what has happened in Bethlehem. And then he's got to get Mary and Joseph to go to Jerusalem for the baby dedication and have Simeon show up at the same time because while you're waiting behind the scenes, God is working. We are told that while we're waiting for Christ to come, watch this, there will be a delay that many did not anticipate and have not prepared for. My favorite gospel writer puts it like this. There are two classes of watchers who profess to be waiting on the promise and prophecy. Both profess a pure faith both have knowledge of the scriptures, both confidently expect Christ to return, but faith is trialed, tried rather, and while waiting, there will be a delay. And when the call is made, some discover they have not got enough Holy Ghost oil in their lamps. You see, the, the theory of truth without the spirit cannot quicken the soul or sanctify the heart. Brothers and sisters 
We can be familiar with the promises and prophecies, but unless the spirit sets the truth home, the character is not transformed. It gets deeper. Listen to this. We are told that this class who lack the spirit of God are represented by the foolish virgins in Matthew 25. And then she says, these are not hypocrites. Oh, stay with me. They are not hypocrites. They are people who regard the truth. They advocate truth, but watch this. They have not yielded themselves to the Holy Spirit's working and have not permitted the old nature to be broken. You see, the Spirit works on our hearts in accordance to our desire and our consent. And then he implants a new, a, a new nature. But some of us, Ellen White writes, are content with a superficial work. We do not know God, neither do we hold communion with him. And therefore, they don't know how to wait on him. Brothers and sisters, the Bible lets us know that Simeon was just, devout, and the Holy Ghost was on him. Family, here in this prophecy series, we have the prophecies. We need his spirit. Our great need during this quarantine revival is to have more of his spirit. And so let me close with this. Simeon saw Jesus. And when he saw Jesus, he said, now I can go in peace because mine eyes have seen his salvation. And I'm saying to you and I, that we ought to come out of this quarantine knowing God a little better, having more of his spirit, having a deep abiding relationship with him, fortified by his word. Simeon saw it and he got it and he says, now I can die. And I want to say to you, don't you dare die before you see Jesus. Don't let the last day of your life come without seeing Christ. But once you have seen him in your waiting, in your walk, in your word, in your worship, in your work, in your witness, in your watching, your life will be at peace. Before you die, make sure you see him. See him in his pre-existence as the one who is from everlasting to everlasting, for he is God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh. See him in his incarnation where he stepped out of the written word to become the living word. Stepped out of the promise to become its fulfillment. Stepped out of prophecy to take his place in history. Stepped out of the ideal to become real. See him in his sinless life where the devil, the prince of this world, came and said, I can't find any fault with him. See him in his sacrificial death where he left worship for weariness, adoration for agony, coronation for crucifixion. See him on a cross where a drop of blood framed in a sweaty tear fell down upon a blade of grass and mingled with the dew. It's message clear. Christ died for you. See him in the grave so that, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you need not fear any evil because he's been there and done that. 
but see him early Sunday morning as the one who is the resurrection and the life, overcoming death, hell, and the grave to let you know that his resurrection is God's confirmation that in spite of the intimidation of your situation, he has no hesitation securing your salvation. I serve a risen savior. See him at the right hand of the father, interceding, mediating, substituting on your behalf hmm? as your advocate, your lawyer, your mouthpiece, confessing your name before the father, pleading your case and know that judgment has been given over to the son. So the one who has the power to condemn you is the one who died for you to set you free. See him and make sure that you see him in the second coming in the clouds of glory. And if you have to die, make sure you're in the first resurrection because it's coming for some just, devout, Holy Spirit-filled people who will be waiting, walking, worshiping, working, witnessing, and watching for him because they know that he that shall come will come. So let not your heart be troubled. God will trump, trump. <laughs> Watch ye saints. With eyelids waking, lo, the powers of heaven are shaking. Keep your lamps all trimmed and burning, ready for your Lord's returning. Lo, he comes. Yes, Jesus comes. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings as eagles. They'll run and not get weary. So while you're waiting, while you're waiting, walk in his word. While you're waiting, worship him. While you're waiting, work for him. While you're waiting, witness for him. While you're waiting, watch for him and know that one day, I said one day, I can't hear anybody out there. I said one day, sin will be decimated. Wickedness will be truncated. Satan will be annihilated. The righteous will be elevated. Saints will be translated. Heaven will be populated. The planet will be fumigated. The earth will be renovated. Jerusalem will be celebrated. And Christ, Christ will be coronated because he that shall come will come. So wait on it. I need to pray for somebody right here because while you're waiting, you need to make sure that you're just devout and that you have his spirit. The problem with the foolish virgins, they had lamps, but they, they had an oil crisis. And it's not necessary to have an oil crisis. You can have prophecy, but if you don't have the prophet Jesus in your heart, you will have no joy, no transformation. I came to tell you, he can fill your cup. Oh, I feel like preaching now. And it will run over. You, he can give you joy. And so today, man or woman, boy or girl, I must 
offer you Jesus during this time. And I, JD, there is a way they can make contact. If you sense that you need baptism, rebaptism, that you need to connect with your creator, that you need to tell him, sign me up for the Christian Jubilee. Write my name on the roll. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. Put it up again, JD. Send it into the revival. God positioned you for this. God planned this for your life. This is the day. Don't come out of this quarantine the same way you went in. Why don't you let God be God in your life and allow him to restore your soul? I want to pray for you. Father, please anoint us with your spirit. Break us if you must. Mold us and fashion us. Lord, don't let us walk away empty. Don't let us be foolish and have prophecies without knowing Jesus. Fill us, we pray. Save us by your grace. Set us on fire. May we experience the transformation and the joy that comes from full surrender. And may we wait. May we walk in your word. May we worship. May we work. May we witness and may we watch for your soon, soon return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you is my prayer. Praise God for this power-packed, on-time, anointed, rhema word. Uh, Dr. Manders, we appreciate you so much for reminding us to wait on God. Yeah. And we have the gift of prophecy. Yeah. That we've got to hold on to it. We got to be just. Yeah. We need to, we need to not just be just, we need to be devout. Yeah. But we don't just need to be just and devout. We also got to be spirit filled. What a mighty word. You know, we can't let you go, Dr. Manders, now without praying a prayer of covering over you as the man of God who has preached the word this evening. I'm going to ask that my father, Dr. Doggett, would do the honors of praying for you, interceding on your behalf for tonight. God, use you in a mighty and a marked way. Dr. Doggett, please lead us in prayer. In closing. Yes. Last night, there was a delay mm -hmm. and more people joined. Come God on. Delaying his work. But the scary thing is this. He delays so that more can join. The downside of it is some will leave. Hmm. My prayer is that those of us who know these things yes. will allow these things to work transformation in our lives. Yes, Lord. Tonight he uh, called the role of Christian truth, came right down the middle, and we're going to pray that God will renew his strength so that he can stay on the battlefield, on the front lines, yes. doing God's work. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the message that was delivered tonight. Your servant stood boldly behind the sacred microphone and he preached a word with no, no hesitancy that came directly from the scriptures. Thank you for his faithfulness to your word. Thank you for filling him with your spirit and giving to his lips utterances that we were able to understand and feel. We thank you, O oh God, that you've chosen to use Dr. Manders would you please take him deeper into your well of truth and bring him up so that he'll be able to continue to share your word with power. 
I pray that you would cause them to mount up on the wings of an eagle and to walk and run and not get weary or get tired. Give to him the joy of service and renew his energy. Keep him healthy, we do pray. And give him wisdom as he leads your flock in Bermuda and preaches the gospel to the world. My prayer is that when you come again, you'll find him faithful and you'll also find a throng of people who heard the gospel preached through this, your manservant, and are saved. I ask, O oh God, that you would keep him protected. And when all is said and done, may he look backwards on his journey and declare that heaven was cheap enough. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you just give me 30 seconds? Africa preserved the Christ child. Africa preserved the Sabbath. It was Simon of Cyrene from Africa that got the cross up the hill to give us the cross. Mm -hmm. and, and I want to say to us people uh, of brown and, and black, Africa is depending on us to carry the baton home. You take Africa out of the church of the living God today, and what, what, what church do you have? Let's be faithful. God bless you. Wait on it. <laughs> I'm out. What a word. What a word. <laughs> thank you again. We got to get you to come back here, Dr. Manders. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pastor D, go ahead and say something to your president. Man, Doc, you, you know, <laughs> if I could have been right in the office with you, I would have been shouting right in your face, man. I, I appreciate that word, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And we have a pastor chat over here. And I want you to know, man, that the pastors were, were behind you and supporting you and were just overwhelmed with how the spirit of God was moving through you tonight. So thank you, Doc. Thank you. Well, you know, it's, it's difficult preaching behind a screen, you know. But uh, it's glad, at least I see your faces. Bless you guys, man. Praise God. Great hey, job. preacher, you gave, you gave everybody an example of being unapologetic with the truth. You just declared it as it was. And it's my, it's my hope that everybody who takes the mic won't hesitate at all wondering what the response will be. God's truth stands for itself. And tonight you threw a fastball right hey. down the middle of the plate. Yeah. And I hey, thank God for Great controversy, man. Hey, let's give that you up a certain sound. Get your knee off my neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good word. Good word. Yeah, good true. word. God bless you, Doc. God bless you. We're going to let you go now. Love you. And at this time, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to just reiterate the fact that we want, if it is your desire to be baptized, if you need special Bible study, if you need someone to just pray with you, to encourage you, if you receive the word of God that was preached tonight with power and clarity, let me put this back up on the screen for you because I want you to press that button. Let's connect right there at our website, www.thequrevival.com. This is how we can connect with you. If you go to this website, let us know by pressing let's connect. And when you press let's connect, let us know how we can be a blessing to you. Listen, the word of God went forth. I believe that it has found fertile ground in your heart. And if you want to respond tonight, the opportunity is yours. Do not wait another moment. Let's go ahead and make our calling and election sure. And as we're waiting on God, let's make sure that we are found being faithful, just devout and filled with his spirit. www.thequrevival.com. Press let's connect. And we will respond and reach out to you. Again, we love you. Listen, uh, gentlemen, gentlemen, we have a week ahead of us of some powerful preachers who are going to continue to take the baton one after the other. And I'm excited about it. Let's go ahead and talk about this for a quick moment because 
tomorrow night. I want us to make sure that we throw this up on the screen for you. I want you guys to know that tomorrow night we have none other than Pastor Corey Johnson. Now, I need you to know that Pastor Corey Johnson, he is a man of faith who has preached with power before in our first three weeks. And I need you guys to know that he's coming back and he's going to preach again. So again, that is Pastor Corey Johnson is going to be preaching tomorrow. And then right after Pastor Corey Johnson preaches, we have Pastor Lola Moore. Are y'all? Do you all recall Pastor Lola Moore? Pastor D and, pa and Dr. Doggett, tell us about Pastor Lola Moore for a second. Hey, D, you want to speak to her? Good night. She, she blew my mind last time when she preached on the Q Revival 1. And I know she's ready. She said that her gun is loaded. She said Come on. it's loaded and ready to fire off. What you say? Listen, I am just excited to what for the anticipation of what's coming. I know you said Lola, but man, Corey tomorrow, Lola the next day. I mean, let me just say this to the QR family. Y'all are faithful. Now is not the time to be weary. <laughs> you know, say it. The train is, is, is picking up some momentum, man. And, and we, in this second week, are really going to have some magnificent presentations of the gospel in and in a prophecy context, in a prophetic context. And um, uh, Dr. Doggett, I'm like you, man. I'm just looking forward. JD, I'm like you. I'm looking forward to hearing how these wonderful origins of the gospel are going to bring that thing. Because again, like you said, Doc, prophecy does preach. Prophecy yes, does, does preach, and we got some preachers here. And so, man, I'm looking forward to how they're going to bring those presentations. Yeah, right after we have Pastor Corey Johnson, right after we have Pastor Lola Moore, look who we got here, y'all. We also have none other than Pastor Rashad Burden. Pastor Burden's going to come through on Wednesday night, and he's going to wield the sword, and he's going to do it in a mighty and marked way. And, of course, on Thursday night, following Pastor Rashad Burden, we have none other than Pastor Rebecca Davis. Pastor Rebecca Davis is over there on the West Coast, and she also is power-packed. She has the anointing of God on her life. And then on Friday night, y'all already know, you know Dr. Rupert Bushner is going to come through. And one of the things about Dr. Bushner that we know is that he's not going to hold anything back. As a matter of fact, by the time he's done preaching, he might be in a full sweat. <laughs> We're going to see him sweating out his collar because he's not going to hold it back. And then, of course, on Saturday night, we have our mystery preacher and our mystery psalmist. So we're looking forward to this experience. We want to make sure that you all know that God is continuing to move, and you have a lot to look forward to in the second week of our QR2 Prophecy Edition. Again, we appreciate all of you. If you want to give, let me just throw this up here real fast because I want to remind you that there is opportunity to be a blessing to others who are in financial crisis during this season. If you want to give, you can use the Cash App right there at the Money Sign, the Q Revival, and you can use PayPal. Go ahead and screenshot it if you need to, paypal.me forward slash the Q Revival, and then you can, can, can again go to our website, www.thequrevival.com. And you can sow your seed there. This is fertile ground. We'll make sure that 100% of what you give goes toward others in this season who are in desperate need. Again, last night, you all gave, went above and beyond. And today, before our worship experience, we were able to send more than enough. Uh, the request was for over $1,000 because this single mother who was uh, sleeping in her car with her kids needed a place to stay. So we not only gave her what she needed to get uh, into a place, but we also gave her some more so that she can get additional things that she needs. So again, thank you for your faithfulness. And we want you to continue to sew here at the QR2. What do you guys have to say as we prepare to let these 
people of God, uh, get a good night's rest tonight in preparation for tomorrow night. Anything that you all want to say to the people? Man, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go to bed early. D, I'm going to go to bed early, and I probably won't get up until about 6.30 tomorrow night. I can't wait for it to come. Mm. So I'm going to be here at 6.30, sitting here looking at my screen, whatever video you have playing, make it a good one tomorrow night because right, we'll I'm coming that. nice and early because I cannot wait to hear Corey Johnson and what God's going to give him. Absolutely. Yeah, same way. I'm looking forward to it, man. Tomorrow's going to be a great night. Um, this whole week is going to be a great week. And again, I want to encourage our people to continue to share. Let other people know. Those who aren't on Facebook, they can go on over to YouTube because we are streaming on YouTube. If you miss a night, you can go to our YouTube, check our archive. You can see all the messages. And remember, like we said, some of this stuff, man, you've got to listen to it two or three times over to really get it. I'm thinking yeah. about even on Friday night, Pastor Ivor Myers. Like You're going to yeah. have to go back over that thing to really appreciate all the jewels and gems that were in there. But we yeah. have made that available to you, so go ahead and do it, man. I'm excited. Absolutely. Thank you again, my greater than say dr doggett and we also appreciate you pastor d my co-host listen we're gonna have to get you to come back and you're gonna have to lead this charge i feel real good sitting there and watching you man at the helm and i appreciate you again for doing that for the last couple of nights looking forward again to this week god is going to bless in a mighty way make sure you press that share button and we will see you tomorrow so get some good rest because god is going to work through his man serving none other than Corey johnson tomorrow evening god bless you have a great rest of your evening